Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And I'm back. Back in the United States, that is. Matt DeCourcy here for the final installment of the Corona Diaries. Going to fill you in on what it was like to travel back to the U.S. amidst all this chaos. First off, I want to say thanks for all the support that I got from so many of you. I received a heck of a lot of messages through a lot of different mediums. If you left me a message, thanks. If I haven't directly replied, I do apologize. So just want to go and go ahead and say thanks in a, in a blanket kind of way had very, 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 uh, surprising amount of people offer their support, not only for me, but to help my family. So fortunately none of that was needed. Now I did mention, I did make it back USA, USA, feeling good about that part, but man, kind of a freaky trip on the way back. So anyway, as many of you know, I was staring at possibly being stuck in Cebu City in the Philippines, which wouldn't have been my worst case scenario. I was more concerned about getting stuck in Tokyo or perhaps Seattle. So anyway, I uh, positioned myself very close to the Cebu airport, uh, like within walking distance the night before I needed to leave. I had a 7.55 a.m. flight. Um, more or less got right on it and through the airport with a surprising amount of ease. There's basically nobody in the airports right now. So I think that was that helped. Now, as I got, uh, my flight to out of Cebu was 100% full, which is normally not the case. Um, it was filled with, um, it was hard to tell, but you know, like, I could tell it was people that needed to, they were getting out of Cebu. They weren't, they weren't Filipino. There was a mix of, you know, uh, just a whole bunch of different people on there. So, you know, as, and the same thing with the hotel that I stayed at, I noticed that it was just really full of, of people that seemed as if they were trying to get out that next day. So managed to get out of Cebu, uh, without much problem. It was about a four and a half hour flight to the Narita airport. That is, just outside Tokyo, um, where, I mean, honestly, the, the, the slowest part of my journey back, uh, other than layovers, uh, was there. I had to actually immigrate into Japan to then check back in. So um, I did find it interesting that while I was in Tokyo, I basically, you know, they stamp passport and actually, they don't actually stamp it there. They have a thing they print out and they put a sticker on it. So uh, but that said, I did go through a rather high-tech thermal scanning device uh, on my way in, but overall, that airport was empty too. Now, I've never been to the Narita Airport, but I know Tokyo is kind of like Japanese NYC. Now, they do have two airports there in Tokyo, so not really sure if that one's usually packed, but I'll tell you what, there weren't many people in there at all. Um, I had a, you know, three or four hour layover and then I was, you know, got, got onto the flight on the way to Seattle. Now that flight was somewhat full. 
not completely full, but I'll tell you what, the exact opposite of social distancing is a freaking airplane, um, wall to wall with people there. Now, both in the Cebu airport and in Tokyo, there was one thing that I definitely noticed. Everyone was wearing masks, including me. Um, you know, I had some of our employees and we have a nurse at the full scale office that loaded me up with face masks. And, you know, I had one on, um, you know, they're in close quarters on the airplane with people. So, uh, it was definitely, uh, something that made me feel a little better. I know that there's been some information that's come out that says that maybe those aren't the best way to prevent, uh, disease, but I'll tell you what, they sure do make you feel better. Um, that said in both Tokyo and Cebu, there was a clear effort on the people that were both working at the airport, the people that were on the planes, um, all, everyone you'd see seemed to be really conscious when it came to the overall prevention of airborne particles, meaning masks, uh, there was no shortage of hand sanitizing stuff. And, uh, you know, so it really seemed that there was a, a level of awareness that I not only appreciated, but noticed. So with that, then got on a 12 hour flight from, and maybe it wasn't a full 12 hours, but on my way from Naridis to Seattle and arrived in Seattle. Um, and that's where my surprise really began. I entered the U S with no noticeable screening for COVID-19. Um, I don't know if there was something I didn't see, but I was shocked. Um, I was expecting delays. Like I think I even mentioned in, in prior parts of this, I wasn't sure if my seven hour layover was going to be enough. I was through customs in 15 minutes. And I mean, maybe if it even took that long, uh, border patrol guards or the border patrol people there at customs, none of them had on masks. There was not noticeable access to hand gel. I had brought my own with me. I had a little, you know, bottle of it. And, you know, I was just really conscious about everything I was touching and just the things that I was picking up. But I, I was immediately surprised at the overall lack of, I don't know, I just, I, I really felt that there was going to be some screening. I thought perhaps that, you know, much like I had seen in Cebu, they were going to be taking people's temperatures or doing anything. People, there was none. I mean, none. So I was really surprised with that. Um, they did ask me if I had recently been in China which I had not. Um, now I had been in South or in South Korea at one point, and although I was outside of a 14 day window, but I, I, I was, once again, I was, I was really surprised. Um, I immediately noticed a difference in the general public. So I would say that when I was in Tokyo or in Cebu, 80% of people were wearing masks. Um, I mean, it was just like everyone had them on. Like it was no big deal. Um, when I got to Seattle, it was about the other way around. I'd say about 20% of people had them on. Now, the, probably the hardest part of my trip was waiting out that, uh, was waiting out that, uh, that layover. Cause I was there for six and a half hours and, you know, I was really just trying to embrace distancing. Um, and you know, as was everyone else now in the Seattle airport, 
pretty much everything was closed. Um, I mean, I'll give you an example. So Seattle is the home of Starbucks and there's like a million Starbucks there in the airport. They were open, but they had closed down any and all seating, which they were clearly making an effort to have people not just be sitting around and mingling and being close to each other and stuff like that. That was about as much as I saw when it came to openly preventing mixing of people. Now, considering the fact that Seattle and Washington state are considered one of the hot points, I was a little surprised by that. I really was. Um, you know, now that said it, it, there, I've been in that airport a lot and it's usually really packed. Uh, it was noticeably less crowded. Um, so, you know, I did my whole, my whole weight there, uh, lay over and, you know, I got on a plane. Now there were eight total people on my flight from Seattle, uh, to Kansas city, which I was okay with. Um, so, you know, we were distanced from each other and, you know, got arrived in Kansas city, uh, 11 PM at night at this point, uh, was able to get my bags right off the carousel, caught an Airbnb and made it home. Um, I'll tell you what it did without a doubt feel great to walk in to my own home 20 days after leaving it. Um, I mean, overall I expressed that I thought I was going to have an anxiety filled trip. Um, it, it was certainly not, I didn't encounter anything that was it. Well, honestly, it probably was the fastest in and out that I've seen through any of these connection points on the way in. I mean, usually there's a line somewhere where it's definitely a noticeably less amount of people everywhere. The stores in the airports were largely closed. A lot of them just had, you know, kind of had their, you know, their, their gates shut and had a sign that said stuff. The ones that were open were kind of operating with the skeleton crew or had done something different. So you know, anyway, I was super happy to get home, um, having not seen my wife or my kids for, you know, 20 days at that point, not to mention all the anxiety I'd been through. So, you know, managed to get home it was great to, now I, I took a shower right away. I left my bags in the garage. I just kind of felt <clears throat> a little better about keeping that stuff off to the side, uh, getting cleaned up. And I, I basically zonked out after that. Now, woke up the next morning. And one thing I've noticed that I'm sure a lot of you are also going through is I wake up every morning and for about three to five seconds, I seem to have forgotten about all the bullshit that we're going through right now and all the things that we're dealing with. And then I kind of snap into it and I'm like, oh man, okay. Um, I saw a, me a meme uh, that said, or some, or maybe it was a picture of, of some place that said, I really don't like this episode of black mirror. Uh, it's kind of how I felt, um, and kind of how I feel every morning. So I I'm sure you kind of feel the same way. Um, I think a lot of people are expressing kind of like the WTF, you know, feeling as they wake in. So, you know, here I am. So I, I I'm here. I'm glad to see my family the next day. And, you know, it's a Friday at this point and I'm, at this, and now I'm starting to, you know, I got to get in to the stuff, the real stuff that's going on in my life. Now, 
You know, one of the things that I've noticed as the week has progressed is, and I'm sure a lot of you have as well, is the the amount of layoffs are really starting to become evident. In fact, so evident that the White House has asked states not to publish their reports ahead of the regular unemployment report. There is going to be an estimated 5 million newly unemployed people, which is crazy. Um, and, you know, a lot of places I'm talking to are, have been cutting staff and doing a lot of different stuff. We have, a, you know, at full scale, we've had a few clients raise red flags. They were basically the ones that we had expected to do that. Um, it's just based on the industries that they serve. Now that said, we've had a surprising number of new inquiries for work. And then existing clients, we've had a couple that have increased the size of their team due to the nature of what they're doing and they're seeing an increased demand. So overall, um, have not felt the brunt of that, although kind of wondering when that's going to occur. So, you know, like I said, there's, there's been a lot of, I think, I think overall what I'm sensing as I've talked to a whole lot of people is that there's still a wait and see attitude. I think that people don't, have any idea how long this can or could take. Now, I, I have a couple opinions on that. Now, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, but I mean, honestly, I think that we're probably going to be waiting this out for more than a couple weeks. I mean, this is going to be a, probably a six to eight week thing before, I don't know if we'll be fully quarantined. Um, we are, uh, meaning I got back home now, uh, kind of an interesting story. And I've always, I've always, mentioned that I'll try to be open. So, so far at this point in my life, I have never owned a firearm. Um, I decided to change that. And with that, that was a, a little interesting. Um, as the, the gun store, basically Shields, it's here, it's a large sporting goods store, um, was out of weapons like crazy. Now, you know, like I said, I, it's not something that I've been a big advocate of in the past, uh, but was real. I guess I wasn't surprised about that. So, you know, that that part, I think, kind of shows a sign of the times. Now, here uh, in Kansas City, Shields is this massive store. I mean, it's huge. It's got two different levels. It's, I mean, it's got a Ferris wheel inside it, like a full on carnival Ferris wheel. Um, and you know, like, like I said, I, I was, even though I was supposed to be, um, doing the self quarantine, I, I did get, you know, I masked up to make sure I wasn't doing anything, basically covered myself in hand gel and went to go see what was going on there. And, uh, you know, th there was a bunch of people up in that section. I, I, I got through that real quick. So firearms unavailable, kind of interesting. Um, I asked the guy at the store, I said, there's no one in this store, but this has been busy. He said, this has been nonstop. Um, apparently there are so many applications that have come in for gun licenses that the ATF is like two days behind in processing them. So you talk about some weird things and some weird industries and stuff that are winners and losers. People are uh, definitely, I think that's a sign of the times right now. And, you know, why am I sharing that? Because I mean, I, it's interesting. Um, that's kind of nuts. And by the way, it's a big store. I wouldn't be surprised. The fact that if they were running out of inventory, wow. So, you know, back to some other stuff now that that's clearly an industry that's doing well. There are some others. Now 
I, I've noticed some really smart pivots. And I talked about a snack company that pivoted. You know, one, one of our past guests, Andy Rieger of the Rieger Whiskey Company, has had one of the more brilliant pivots that I've seen. They saw their revenue dry up really quickly. And with that, they turned their manufacturing to be producing hand gel like sanitizer, and they can't produce enough of it fast enough. Literally people lining up to buy it in order to adhere to social distancing. They're running a drive through all of it. Like, yeah, man, good, good move. Good move. Um, I did get a couple comments. I, I, you know, reached out to Andy and, um, you know, he said that it's, it's really been helpful and, you know, the whole, you know, that, that they were able to, um, get that pivot made pretty quickly. And how smart is that? I mean, you're really talking about some great stuff there. And I, I got to commend the entrepreneurial spirit of turning your liquor distillery into a hand, a hand sanitizer factory. So good move, man. Smart pivot. So the real question is, is what, are, if you have the ability to pivot, what are you doing about it? You know, are you giving yourself an opportunity to do the very best that you can? Now, some industries don't have that option and we're starting to see more disaster relief options open up. I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you start looking into that. There are options through the SBA. These are long-term loans. You might be able to get a 30-year at like under 4%, freaking crazy. Um, and there's going to be a whole lot of stuff with that. I think that you're also likely to see a suspension in repayment obligations for a lot of things, especially on a short-term basis. So if you have different loans and stuff like that out for your business, I think that you're going to, you're going to see a slowdown in the payment requirement or the expectations of getting that money back. Um, on, on a personal level, it appears as if they're likely going to slow down mortgage repayment requirements, um, which would be a big thing. Um, it would definitely take a lot of stress off of people's, you know, everything. Um, it'll put a lot of money back in the economy. Now, I, I, I'm, not I'm not fully up to speed on what they're doing with that. I know that they're still trying to push an economic stimulus package through. But overall, like, I, it, it appears as if the level of aggression when it comes to uh, providing some saving grace when it comes to small businesses and small business owners, not to mention just the general public, is going to be high. Now, that said, you still got to get to the point where you can collect this dough. So, you know, regardless of what you're doing, you might, I, I've seen some other smart stuff uh, going on. There's, there's a big movement to support small businesses, especially things that involve dining, stuff like that. I, I mean, really in the end, I think anyone and everyone wants to see these things still remain and be accessible upon this craziness dying down and it will die down. So, you know, it, when it comes to that, uh, what's really kind of nuts is at this, at the point of recording, and I'm recording this on Saturday, March 21st, at this point, one out of five people in the U S is on a mandatory lockdown. So you've seen big cities and States, California, New York, Connecticut. Um, there was one more that have required, uh, true lockdowns. They're like, Hey man, stay the fuck home. And that's literally a hashtag that is trending. I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook. 
but really people, if you want to get back to normal, stay the fuck home. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a reality that, that, you know, whether you, <laughs> I don't know, this has nothing to do with your American civil liberties. This just has to do with us getting back to normal. Um, it's not that hard now, you know, with that, you're going to find, I think you're going to see a lot of assistance. Uh, they're talking about sending checks to everybody in America. I think that's going to help a lot of people. I think you're seeing the ability. My wife went to the store today and was able to easily acquire a number of groceries. Yes, a lot of stuff was still sold out. Um, go to the liquor store. It was looking pretty sparse. Yes, that's right, people. It's not a bad time to maybe stock up on your liquor, beer, and wine. And by the way, thanks to the snow pops people, because I have about a hundred snow pops in stock ready to go. So if you want to come by, um, after I'm out of quarantine and maybe have a snow pop with me, we can stay about 10 feet apart from each other and go ahead and take those bad boys down. So, you know, overall, I think that what we're seeing is still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm a little concerned about the level of seriousness that I felt when I came back, you know, when I was over in the Philippines, like people were taking this very seriously. There was a level of prevent, pre, pre, like prevention. I mentioned everywhere I went in, they were zapping my forehead with a thermal laser, making sure. Now, look, I understand that some people might be carrying COVID around that don't show symptoms, but that's a good start. I mean, it's a good start. Like why not screen people? They were also doing things uh, on my, uh, as I was leaving, the office building, um, or the day before I left, they had just instituted a policy where they weren't letting, uh, more than five people in the elevator. And they had a guy from the building that was in the elevator, making sure that they enforce that. So really trying to take measures. Now I haven't seen a whole lot of that publicly. It seems like it's very voluntary here in the U S which is, uh, a little troubling. I mean, it's just a little troubling because we're clearly on following the same path as, um, as you know, certain parts of, of the world that are having some, some tough times. Um, you know, my sister's a doctor and she's got a level of concern right now, just for the general state of supplies. Um, I did ask her just, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the news and the input and the data that I'm getting, it's all over the place. Um, and, you know, I was trying to get her opinion on what was going on. And she said, yeah, there's it's there. She's really concerned about the lack of ventilators that could come up. Now we're in, in Kansas city. There's not, um, a high level of distress, uh, and, and there haven't been a huge number of reported cases, but that said, you need to have tests and give people tests to actually have people show up with COVID. That said, there's probably a shitload more people that are infected with it than aren't. So um, I don't know. And I think that one thing, if you're getting adequately prepared and around your business, you know, there's some things like the, the, there, uh, this Dr. Fauci, who, gosh, what a, what a, what a calming and reasonable voice to have coming out of the white house right now, where there's a lot of blaming and other stuff going on. Um, but, you know, he's basically saying you, we probably haven't seen the, the worst of this. There's probably a peak that is still, um, I'm hearing, you know, a lot of that credible data coming out is like, we might still be a month away from that. I think one of the things that's really going to help is a warming of the climate. 
if you look at the maps of, of the places and the countries that are the worst affected, they're in cold weather climates. So um, it, it might be a good thing that that overall, the same way the flu gets chased away with warmer weather, we might be seeing the same. So anyway, I, I once again, I just wanted to wrap up the 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 Corona Diaries and talk about being headed home. I do really want to thank all of you that stuck with me um, through these. I, I know this was a departure from the norm when it came to startup hustle. Um, we're planning, you know, now that I'm back in KC, I've been talking with, with master Watson about getting some things back on track. We're going to have to make a, a few adjustments as we're used to having in studio guests, but planning on trying to push out a little extra content over the next four to six weeks, because, well, I just think that some people might, might need a little extra, a few things to, to listen to. I think there's a lot of people out there that have a, a level of accessibility right now that they might not normally have. So I'm hoping to get some people involved. I'm hoping to get some stories about how different businesses, entrepreneurs, and investors especially are looking at this overall situation. The investors part is, is I think, something that's going to be pretty interesting because I'm really curious about how the overall outlook, I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not private equity and just funds and all of that, if they're just planning on pushing their money towards things that are clearly going to benefit from this, what, what their feelings are, if they're just sitting on everything and waiting to see what happens. Overall, I think it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting April. So stick around. We'll try to get you the best information from the best people we can find. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.